1: The Jewish Hour can now be heard on jcastnetwork.org, your portal to Jewish broadcasting. It's also on iTunes and on your smartphone using the Stitcher app. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finman. We've got a great show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we will be speaking with the Consul General of Israel, serving the Midwest, Mr. Roy Gilad. We're going to be talking about the supposed bombing in Syria by the Israelis. We have lots of wonderful, wonderful music for you. The portion of the week is the portion of Mishpatim can be found in the Book of Exodus, chapter twenty-one and following. An awesome Hasidic story. Hopefully, if we've got time before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. <laughs> Several incidents over the weekend highlighted the increasing Arab violence directed at Israelis in and around Jerusalem. A bus traveling north from Jerusalem was damaged when stones thrown by Palestinians managed to penetrate the bulletproof glass. Israeli security forces in at least three separate incidences caught would-be Arab assailants in possession of pipe bombs. In Hebron, Arab stone throwers attacked a kindergarten in the city's main Jewish enclave. And also in Jerusalem, an Arab man assaulted a, Jew in, a Jewish man in Givat Shaul. a riot followed between dozens of Jews and Arabs. Israel's President Shimon Peres met with party heads and gave the mandate for Benjamin Netanyahu to form a coalition government. Israel law requires the ruling party to have the support of at least 61 members of Knesset. It is the job of the president to decide who has the best chance of doing so. Netanyahu now has 40 days to put together a coalition. French police arrested two men in connection with last year's Toulouse terror attack at a Jewish school that left seven people dead. French police are investigating whether the perpetrator, Mohamed Merah had an accomplice in carrying out his attacks, as officials say they doubt he acted alone. And finally, the Political Science Department of Brooklyn College in New York signed on as a co-sponsor for an event for the college to divest its holdings of Israeli investments, known as the BDS movement, from the college's portfolio. The ADL, Alan Dershowitz, and just about every other Jewish group in Brooklyn have issued protests against the event. And that's the news. Do you know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Frutasia, Located on Southfield Road, just south of the 13 Mile, Frutasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Hey, Herschel here. You are listening to the Jewish Shower. We have online the Consul General for the State of Israel, serving the Midwest, Mr. Roy Galad. How are you today, Mr. Uh, Consul General?
3: Good morning, Herschel. Uh, I'm fine. Chicago is fine. How is Detroit?
1: Uh, Baruch Hashem. All we need is Mashiach, and everything would be just perfect, as we say.
3: Well, if that's the case, then we are doing good.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It depends on what you ask. It depends on what kind of moji you're in. But, okay, anyway, so we have to talk in terms of the word, I guess, alleged, as the case may be. As news reports have it, that things in Syria got destroyed last Wednesday. And there's all kinds of conflicting reports as to what got destroyed, how it got destroyed, who destroyed it, if it got destroyed. So, could you please, Mr. Galat, fill us in on all of the various combinations and possibilities thereof, please?
3: you know that uh, officially israel uh, remains silent uh, on this topic but what can be said i think and should be said uh, loud and clear that uh, against the background of syria the syrian regime falling apart there is a danger Uh, that uh, all kind of uh, non-conventional arsenal and conventional uh, advanced arsenal uh, will be uh, prolifered from Syria into its proxies in Lebanon. And uh, I think uh, we assume that already uh, Hezbollah controls um, 70,000 uh, missiles and ro- rockets and missiles. And even if we do exaggerate, and the number is not exactly 70,000, uh, yet you're talking about a huge arsenal of uh, rockets and missiles and we have to make sure that if indeed those uh, media reports are true and you're talking here about anti-missile rocket uh, anti-aircraft missile and anti-ship missiles and chemical uh, warheads then uh, we have to make sure that uh, this will not reach the target this will not reach the aim which is the hezbollah
1: okay Syria goes without saying is in a, is in a state of instability and you have the least, yes, yes you have you have a civil war going on, and it's totally completely things. are a big mess over there. But I am reminded of a, of an adage that I heard as a kid, as far as the Arab mentality goes, and I hope I'm not being racist in saying this, but this is just something I heard that the Arab mentality is "I versus my brother, I and my brother versus my cousin, I and my brother and my cousin versus the Jew. So I'm wondering then
3: if... Well, I saw the Jews and the Muslims are cousins,
1: isn't it? Yeah, indeed. So second cousins. <laughs> so, but isn't when I first heard of this report, I was thinking to myself, is this going to be something that is going to band together? Now Assad can come and say, look, we all need to get together on this and put our differences aside and we have to focus on our southern border.
3: Well, this is what he's definitely... This is what I guess he might be doing, but I believe that the hatred... Between the Alawites and uh, and the uh, and the opposition, there is so big. And you know, it goes back to '82, and the father of Assad butchered 20,000 people in Hamas. So this is not new. The Alawites are very aggressive, very violent regime. And I think they are doomed to go down. Uh, I, I don't believe. I guess they might uh, try uh, indeed to say we have a common enemy, you know, etc. But uh, I don't think there is here. Uh, <clears throat> Something that is significant enough, really, to change uh, the course of things in Syria. And uh, again, I don't know when, but I think the question is, again, when, not if uh, the regime will go down. I don't think this is going to be, we are going to see any dramatic change. I don't think so.
1: Uh-huh. How important is it that the, the Israel has the Golan Heights at this point? Excuse me. How important is it that the Golan Heights is in Israeli possession at this point?
3: Well, look, I think uh, you know that Israel and Syria were quite close to strike a deal, and uh, indeed, one one can say that uh, that's. I think the risk in doubt was that, uh, and I'm, I'm not being judgmental here, but uh, when you strike a deal with a state, uh, the whole idea is that this uh, deal with uh, we we will last for long. And uh, really, I don't know, had we reached a deal on the Golan Heights, and now everything that's happening in Syria, that really shows you how fragile the situation is. But we did not reach a deal. We still hold the Golan Heights. Uh, I can only hope that... uh In view of everything that might take place in uh, Syria, the peace that we have in the Golan Heights will remain, because, uh, you know, the calm we had in the Golan Heights, Heights, as much as it was Syria on the other side, was the most, I would say, stable border we had there with the rest of the Arab states, even though with some other states uh, we had the peace agreement. And yet the Golan Heights, which is between us and Syria, this was the most peaceful border. And let me hope that this will remain the situation in the future as well.
1: Mm-hmm. What is Israel doing to stave any sort of wave of refugees coming down from Syria into the Golan Heights?
3: Well, I, uh, I'm i not sure we are in a position to absorb uh, those refugees. Uh, what we did is to make sure that the fence, which again was, and you know, you remember it was, uh, there was uh, I think, uh, a year or two ago, it was broken by uh, refugees, by Palestinians that broke inside, and uh, I, I, I think we made sure we took a precaution to make sure that the border, uh, the defense is uh, is higher and stronger and can face challenges, human challenges that we did not face in the last, uh, I would say, ten, twenty years. What mm, we so- had. A year or two or two years ago, when refu- Palestinian refugees just uh, smashed the, the fence and went inside, the Israeli side was kind of a red light, an alarming light for us. And indeed, we took precautions to make sure that the fence is
1: stronger. Yeah, that was interesting. When I, went, I was in the Golan in 2010 and was kind of commenting to my tour guide that it looked like the fence that was, exists between Israel and Syria was good for sheep. Um, exactly.
3: No, no. You. That's that's a very, <laughs> that's a very true observation. Because that's a very true observation. Because there was no challenge whatsoever to the fans. And indeed, uh, these things that happened. I can't remember. I think it was two years ago. Really took us by a surprise when uh, dozens of Palestinians just uh, crossed. This fence, and uh, was a few of them reached uh, al Shams, and this took us by surprise, and this for us was a sign that, hang on, we have to make sure that this is a real fence, and not just uh, something that will prevent ships of crossing the border by mistake.
1: Mm-hmm. Why, why does Israel feel it needs to be quiet in this matter and not say, oh, you know what, Things were blown up, and you know, you know, as, you mean as, on Syria? Yeah, like my, my kids would say, Nana, Nana, Kishka, what are you going to do? You're going to call me a pisher? We blew it up. We, we have a right to defend ourselves. Oh, you mean,
3: uh, look, again, first of all, you assume that uh, Israel did it and we just keep silent. I, I, I don't know who was uh, behind it, but uh, whoever was behind it, definitely, uh, I think, uh, look. I, I don't know. We uh, that's we live in a very fragile uh, area. Uh, we we live actually on a volcano. Uh, you can see what's happening. Uh, the, the Middle East is falling apart. Uh, Egypt, Syria, uh, Iran. Uh, I hope Jordan is stable. So I don't think we have to add uh, oil into this uh, into this fire. Uh, we do what we need to do, and if we do, and I don't think we have to speak about it.
1: You, you, you remind me of a of a joke, which if you tell it really good, is really funny. But I'm just going to cut out all the parts of the joke just to get to the point. The punchline is: there's a hijacking, and the hijackers see an Israeli, and they say, "We're going to throw you out the the the, to the plane." And he says, "Do you have any last wishes?" And he says, "If you don't mind, could you give me a good kick in the pants?" And so they say, "Okay, if that's the last thing you want," so they give him a kick in the pants. They knock him down. As he's rolling down, he reaches into his sock, takes out a gun, and shoots the the hijackers. So they congratulate him on thwarting the attack. But they say, "Why did you make them kick you in the pants?" He said, "I didn't want to be perceived as the aggressor." <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Okay, good. I'm glad you made my you... weekend. Okay. <laughs> So it's it's listen. The Syrians are saying we know it was Israel. The JTA the JTA is saying we know it was Israel. Israel saying we know it's Israel, but we're not saying it's Israel. But
3: <laughs> I, hope, saying- I hope there was nothing in what. Uh, come on, uh, Herschel, I, I I hope there was nothing in what I said that uh, could have been understood as if Israel is taking responsibility for that. The, the the main important thing for me is to pass on the message that Israel feels uh, indeed kicked, and uh, we should uh, really we 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 have enough challenges again. I think the fact that Hezbollah has such a huge arsenal, and Hamas has such a huge arsenal. Actually, you know, I don't think there is any place in Israel which is not covered, so to speak, by uh, missile, but, 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 but by missiles coming either from Gaza or from, uh, or from uh, South Lebanon in both places. We are not talking about states. We are talking about uh, terror, terror organization by, by Iranian proxies. And uh, I think Israeli people have the right to feel uh, concerned. That's that's a great source of concern for us. So the state is doing whatever it can in order to uh, minimize the terror The the danger, the challenge, but uh, I think the challenge is still there uh, until we should not see some stability in the Middle East. I'm I'm afraid that we are going into a very uh, sensitive uh, time.
1: It seems that it was like maybe a little bit too little, too late. Then, if there are 70,000 rockets already sitting in the hands of Hezbollah, what is just? Was this just sort of like a? a message, well, if we wanted to?
3: Again, I I only, uh, according to what I read in the media, uh, here you are talking about more sophisticated missiles, like anti-aircraft missiles, like anti-ship missiles. There are talks about chemical. These are are not
1: katushas or grads or uh, these type of things. So uh, I, I,
3: I think, again, Against what I read in the media,
1: I think uh, whoever did it
3: thought that there is here an escalation uh, of the of the of the challenge.
1: I, I appreciate your uh, your diplomacy, and I'm reminded that one of your predecessors, maybe 15. Don't years you think ago, I'm a good diplomat? Yet, yeah, ter- terrific. One <laughs> of your predecessors said, "If Rabbi, if I answer your question, I will be the consul general of a broom in Tel Aviv." So. <laughs>
3: Definitely,
1: you don't want that to happen. Yes, no, I, I wouldn't want that to be, uh, you know. But just between you and me, and the forty thousand or so people that are listening, we're just having a nice, friendly chat. Okay, so, but let's let's move on to something else, uh, which is very current. Maybe you can fill us in. There was an election last week in Israel, and the election, the, the results were were somewhat surprising to uh, at least to all the pundits that I listened to, in that uh, Yeshatid suddenly came out of nowhere and is now. A, uh, a controlling factor in the coalition, and uh, so if you don't mind talking about, I'm assuming that because you're you the position that you have, you're probably a member of Likud, correct?
3: <laughs> okay, let's move on.
1: Um, so I want to talk about the election a little bit and the uh, the results thereof and the ramifications thereof for the Netanyahu government, if you don't mind. Yeah,
3: look, I think there are three important uh, lessons or outcomes from this election. First of all, uh, against the feeling that maybe Israelis doesn't do not mind anymore what's happening, I think. Uh, we got the biggest turnout in the election since 1999. I think the turnout among Jewish people was the Jewish constituency was close to 75%. The turnout among the Arab population was, as can be understood, less, around 58%. And the total number was around 68 percent, which is a huge number uh, in democracies, which makes us very, very proud. I think that's the first lesson, Israel is duke. Uh The second lesson is that, uh, indeed, I would like to think that against uh, what was thought at the beginning, uh, the right wing have lost some of its power. I would say that if the previous Knesset, there was a, the right-wing block had 65, and the left and the center, they had 55, now I think this gap was narrowed, and you're talking about 61 versus 59. That's, I think, the second lesson. And the third lesson, uh, which I will be here careful, but I think that's the correct lesson that... It seems to me that most of the people who went to vote, or 68% of the population, Eventually, what they had on their agenda, what they had in the back of their minds, was domestic issues. Not so much the Palestinian issue, but more things that has to do with economy, with social framework. And, uh, you know, this party, you spoke about Yeshatid of uh, Yair Lapid, 19 votes. They have mainly a domestic agenda. The third biggest party, Labour. Uh, they have now there is mainly a domestic agenda. Uh, the fourth biggest party, by Yehudin, Naftali Bennett, 12 votes, mainly domestic agenda. So I think, again, I don't want to predict what will happen vis-à-vis the Palestinian track in the future, but I think it will be fair to say that Israelis under the current circumstances in the Middle East say there is not much. It can be done currently vis-à-vis the Palestinians. Hence, we need to put the house in order. Mm-hmm. And I think much of what we see now, the seeds were planted in the summer of 2011, where we saw that the tens of thousands of Israelis marched in the street in what uh, here I think you called it Occupy Wall Street. We call it Occupy uh, Rothschild Avenue. And I think what we see now are basically the seeds that were planted
1: a year, a year and a half ago. Isn't it a good thing, though, that's kind of suggesting that Israel is sort of growing up, that we're not worrying about warring factions, but rather the price of cottage cheese? Council General Roy Gilad.
3: Yeah. Look, I that's that's you know I I'm not I don't I really don't know, I, I, and I don't want to be <clears throat> uh, judgmental. I know that when. Usually the understanding was that when people go to vote in the United States, you just had your votes a couple of weeks ago, uh, a few few weeks ago, uh, the agenda here, you know, they used to say it's the economy stupid. And when they go to vote in Israel, uh, it's about the Palestinians stupid. So eventually... I think it's not a matter of maturity as much as it is the issue, you know, what's happening in the Middle East. Really, people in Israel feel maybe that's the time to put our, our house in order because before we go to face challenges that maybe currently are less relevant for us. I, I, I say it with a lot of uh, carefulness, but. I think that might be one lesson of those elections, and of course, I might be wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. But the the overall prediction is, is that Israel will continue to grow during the next four years.
3: Yeah, look, I think the economy was and is doing very good. Uh, we have, I think it needs to be said, we have growing tension Between the uh, ultra orthodox Haredi element in the state of Israel, which nowadays they are, uh 10% of the population, but according to the statistics that I just read in 2059, uh, they will be uh, 25, 27, actually, percent of the population according to the current uh, natural growth of uh, Haredi vis-à-vis secular people. And I think uh, there is a growing tension between the Haredi and the non-Haredi elements of the Israeli society. I'm talking now only about the Jewish society. And I think uh, the message is that both communities would like to iron those differences, to amend it, and again, I think we need to put our house in order.
1: Indeed, I mean, when you're talking about basically, we refer to as the Arabs versus the Jews as as cousins, but here you're talking uh, Jew you versus it, Jew as, as brothers.
3: Uh, By all means, Herschel, we are talking here. And again, you know, before we go to amend our relationship with the cousins, I agree with you. I think we have to amend the relationship between the brothers. I, I, I definitely agree with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yair Lapid, one of his big sticking points is, is he believes that everybody s- should serve in the army, and it's a fair call. These things should be call- should be done in a fair in a fair way. But I just saw a statistic today, and <clears throat> statistics, of course, can be fashioned any way the statistician is fashioning them. But if there was a general draft and every person who was 19 years old or 18 years old had to go serve in the Israeli army, the IDF would not be able to accommodate them all because there were just too many people. So it seems like things. There's, there's lots I know, of companies. So There needs to be lots of compromises made on all parts.
3: Yeah, look, I, I think the IDF is more just a military uh, defense of the state of Israel. I think the IDF is the entrance to the Israeli society. And I think, you know, that's, that's too complicated the issue to address it now in this conversation. I'll be happy to speak once specifically about this issue. But the idf is is very significant uh, that's that's i would say the 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 door to get into the israeli society if you're doing idf then most probably the, you'll go and look for work and so it's it, it's very significant and those people if eventually they will be drafted as i think they should you will have to have uh, special units with special uh, kashrut, and uh, um, um, I, I, I think that if we have to bring them into the tent, uh, we shall have to make sure that they will have the right conditions that they can really feel easy within the tent, Mm -hmm. but the entrance to the tent, to much extent, is going through the IDF. I don't know if all of them can do, can be uh, uh, drafted to the army, and I I believe the question of uh, drafting them is eventually... From the IDF point of view, it's a technical one, but from the state, from the national point of view, it is much more than just uh, protecting the army, At the, end, the, the state. At the end of the day, once they are in the IDF, that's a leeway for them to get to be part of the uh, Israeli Jewish
1: society. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about supposedly, again, I guess is, is uh, Roy Gilad, he's the Council General for the State of Israel serving in the Midwest. Has there ever been ever talk of israel having a volunteer army? Look, we have what we call uh lumi which is like a national service,
3: and this is one thing we uh, for instance uh, religious uh girls. Women. Girls, yeah, who cannot go into the regular service because of reasons that we understand, we say, fine, no need to go to a military service. You can go and be a volunteer for two years to be teachers, to work at uh, hospitals, to work at uh, community centers. <clears throat> so this is one thing we offered also for the ultra-religious, for the ultra-orthodox, for the Haredi. The same thing, by the way, we, we suggested, we're not talking here, about uh, about our people, uh, the 20% of the Israeli population, about 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7 million out of our 8 million citizens of the state of Israel who are Arabs. So also we told them the same thing. We told them, look, the IDF is the, so to speak, unofficial entrance to the Israeli society. We understand you don't want to be part of the military. That's understood. So go for two years and, and volunteer. You don't want to call it National service, fine. Call it a community service. So they are reluctant to do it. But with the Haredi, I think a proper and well-defined volunteers for this national service might be the answer to their needs and to our needs. It's not only their needs. I think it's its within the family. All of us need it to bring them, to make sure, again, that they are in the tent.
1: Okay, that's good. That's going to have to do it for this segment. Again, I guess, has been the Council General for the State of Israel, serving the Midwest, Mr. Ray Gilad. Thank you so much for coming on, and keep us apprised of future developments, please.
3: Thank you very much, Rabbi Finman, and please uh, pass on my regards to
1: all the great, Jewish community in Detroit. You just and did. Okay, take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour.
4: Chiropractic health care offers patients the advantage of a safe and natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. People of all ages, including children, benefit from chiropractic's unique approach to health. Call area code 248-557-1818 today to find out how chiropractic can benefit your family. At the Solomon Chiropractic Center, we especially love children. All kids should have their spines checked periodically throughout their crucial growing years. Growth on a crooked foundation will create a crooked spine and become harder to correct later in life. Kids love to get adjusted at the Solomon Chiropractic Center. And hey moms, did you know that chiropractic offers a safe, drug-free approach to helping with the many pains women often get during and after pregnancy? We even have special tables which open up so pregnant women can lay on their stomachs. We treat moms, dads, children, and grandparents with arthritic pains, neck pains, back pain, and headaches. People of all ages, including kids, benefit from chiropractic. Come experience the natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. Stop living in pain. Call area code 248-557-1818 today for a free consultation at the Solomon Chiropractic Center to discuss you and your family's health needs. Remember, 557-1818. That's 557
1: Hi, hi. Hey, Shilfenman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. A couple of, before we get into the music segment of the deal, we got a a, uh, a book. This is a Safer, actually. The Karin Talmud Bavali has come out with, now, this is Volume 4. It's called uh, Erevin Volume 1. It's coming out. We've, we've talked with the... Uh, The editor-in-chief, way back when, before this whole thing started to come out, so they sent me now Volume 4, which is where the Dafyomi, those people who do a page a day, find themselves. And uh, it is there. You can go online to, let's see, it looks like it says hashefa.co.il. And, uh, oh, excuse me, a better one would be carnpub.com. K-O-R-E-N-P-U-B There's even a coupon. You can get $10 off. And it says, make the Talmud come into color. It's not just black and white anymore. And another, a PSA. A screening of the newly produced documentary, Transforming Loss Benefiting the Jewish Hospice and Chaplaincy Network, is going to be at 7 p.m. Tuesday, March the 12th, at the Berman Center. Uh, tickets are $18 suggested, and for more information, call the Berman Center, and I'm looking through to see if there is, yes, 248-592-2687, and that's for the screening of this movie, and it comes with a dessert, refre- a dessert uh, repose after the uh, meet and greet of the producer of this movie, and it's, again, it's about hospice and taking care of women in hospice needs. Is your organization having a something? Well, contact me on rabbifinman.com and uh, we'll report about it. We'll give you a free, that's the idea, PSA public service announcement for free That by definition. And we're serving the community. That's what the Jewish Hour is all about. We have now up for your listening pleasure. We have, this is, oh, got to give you a little background on this one. This is, uh, we we had a while back, we had uh, Lenny Solomon from Schlock who was putting together a musical called Daniel in Babylon. It's a story from the first six chapters of the book of of Daniel, and uh, he has now finished making the uh, he wrote it all up all the songs are done this is actually the cd from it you can get this two two cd cd by going to danielandbabylon.com and we're listening to a piece called the writing on the wall
4: i cannot read what's on the wall
2: See in all my years, I've never seen Even asked the dead, but I've come up empty Sorry, sire, I just don't have a clue I won't be ruling one third of your kingdom. someone else will have to do We can not To the stars who will the meaning behind stock like those before can tell you what it means or what's in store. Sorry, son, I guess you're on your own. Let's go. You are truly a whiz, a fitting end to the ball Mysterious writings on the wall here can help me out I am filled with worry filled with doubt where are my wizards who are so wise I need someone with a vision of a very big size here's my queen she is walking this way perhaps she can help with the writing on the wall hear what she has to say
1: of quality and excellence in kosher look for the michigan k on the label what's it look like the lower peninsula of michigan with a k it's the symbol of the michigan kosher supervisors go to their website mycosup.com. that's mi for michigan ko for kosher and sup for supervisors Mycosup.com and find this month's featured products you'll find michigan k products wherever fine food is sold especially at natural food patch on west nine mile road in ferndale here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. Up next, this is a request. It's actually it's been this. One. I had to actually go and look deep into the archives of the Jewish Hour music vaults and come up with. This is David Gabay, and the person said, "Please don't just. I want to hear it. Don't have to say who I am. But if you'd like to hear a song, something that's on your mind, just you know." Contact me, RabbiFineman. dot com. We'll be glad to play it. David David Gabbai is the name. The tr- the CD is called "Eretz Israel." The name of the song is "The Land of Israel." Let's just listen in.
2: asher va dubo toy me asher toy
1: of Oak Park is now accepting students. Whether you're a real beginner or have been at it for a lifetime, the Art Studio of Oak Park is something for you. All levels welcome, all ages welcome. Private tutoring or small friendly classes. Flexible hours available. The Art Studio of Oak Park is very affordable. Make your life better. Put art into your life. The Art Studio of Oak Park offers lessons in a strictly kosher environment. Call today, 248-542-5087. That's 248 248- 542-5087. It's great having an art room right in the neighborhood. Hey, here. you're listening to The Jewish Shower. We've got time for one more song. Thank you so much. This is actually, this is a really cool song. This is Dave Tarras, wonderful klezmer clarinetist, playing a piece called Dona. Let's listen in. <laughs> You know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Fruitasia. Located on Southfield Road, just south of 13 Mile, Frutasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Hi, Shilfenman here. You are listening to The Jewish Shower. This week is the portion of Mishpatim. There are no stories in it. A little story at the end, and uh, for the most part, deals with laws that are commonplace, make sense type stuff. That's the definition of mishpatim. There are various different types of commandments, and these are the ones that make sense. Yes, that's to do with a thief, you know, things of people who uh, cause damage to other people. All different types of things like this. There's a law of uh, loaning money and, and interest. All this stuff takes place, and the uh, in this portion, at the end of the portion, there's a little tack on, little add-on, which doesn't get a lot of coverage. It concerns the borders. Of the land of Israel. It's a very interesting thing. We're talking chapter twenty-five, I believe it is. I have the no it's the end of chapter twenty-four. And there it talks about the what are the borders of Israel? So here it is the Jews are camped at Sinai, and Moses is told that you're going to be brought to a land of milk and honey. The northern border, I want everybody to go to a map of some sort. You know, if you're driving, you don't have to do this. But, you know, if you're at home, do a Google search or whatever it is and get a map of the Middle East. And go straight north up the coast of Israel, through the Golan, through Lebanon, into southern Turkey. And you'll come to the Tigris River, which starts in Turkey and then flows down to the Persian Gulf. That is the northern border of Israel. The southern border, it says, is the Egyptian river, meaning the Nile. So then the southern border includes the whole Sinai. The western border is the Mediterranean, and then there's an add on in there also all the islands in the Mediterranean. It doesn't just say the ones off the coast of Israel proper, this means all the way going all the way to Gibraltar, but Gibraltar's not an, an island, it's an Isthmus. So, um, but, all you know, all those islands that find themselves in the Mediterranean. And then the kicker, the eastern border, is the Persian Gulf. But then Moses is told, you're not going to put fences up around this area. This is going to be impossible to maintain it. It's too much land. As your population warrants it and needs it, so then you will move out and uh, settle the land. And indeed, during the time of King David's reign, things got really, really crowded. And so they went through the Golan and they annexed big parts of Syria all the way, including Damascus. It wasn't a war of expansionism. It was a, listen, this is our land, please get out more type of a, of a war. Just on a simple level, when we're talking about what is Israel, and are talking about East Banks and West Banks, forget about it. There's nothing we to talk about. We want all the way to the Persian Gulf. Let it be known. But like this, it says there's a question that's asked, how is it that there will be room for all the Jewish people, when we have the revival of the dead, and all these people are talking about something, I don't know, 36 billion people will be revived or something to that effect. Well, the Almighty has room for $7 billion in this room, in this world. There's still plenty of space out there. I haven't bumped into anybody today. The Almighty will take care. There'll be room for, for all that other stuff also. We need to talk about this some more. Maybe, maybe we'll get some chance next week because we're running out of time really fast. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. I have the most awesome Hasidic story. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands-on training at the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program. When you go to Specs, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000. And visit them on the web at spexhoward.edu. Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. Hi, this is Spex
0: Howard from the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. We're happy to sponsor The Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding for The Jewish Hour comes from its sponsors, it's listeners like you that help keep The Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to The Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. That's 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Your help is greatly appreciated.
1: Hi, Arshel Finman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want to get in touch with me? RabbiFinman.com. That's the way to do it. You'll find all the projects that we're involved with on, uh, on RabbiFinman.com. Hopefully we'll be posting the Purim invitation if you'd like to attend the Purim celebration on February 24th at the Historic Club 1230. Donation is 10 bucks to get in the door. We'll be featuring Moshe Chassid's pre- film, The Lot, a story about Esther. So go to Rabbi Finman, sign up, and uh, you'll be right. You can also give donations. And we've talked about that before, and we'll talk about it in the future. We're running out of time. So just go to the donations page. Give us a donations. Baruch Hashem today. Today we paid for January It's February 1st folks We appreciate all you do for us Please do it today Not in February, not in March 1st But if you give it March 1st also is good But we have to pay for February And so it's up to you Please do it today com. The story takes place about 200 years ago In the home of Mordecai Chernobyl uh, Everybody knows about Chernobyl now Because of the reactor but he had a servant who had this terrible skin disease. It just caused him all kinds of pain. He was bleeding constantly. He was constantly itching. And he was really, he was just miserable with it. But he never would ask the Rebbe for a blessing for it. And the Rebbe never offered him any help. Till one day, it had been many years, and he finally he saw his servant in the morning just sitting there in such agony. And he grabbed him. And he said, Rabbeinu Shalelam, enough! That day, the servant died. So now, some of his Hasidim wanted to know what's up. So he told them, my father, whose name was Nachum, Chernobyl, was, was a very poor person. And he was uh, supported by a certain wealthy person who, who basically took care of all the needs of the household. He made, This wealthy person may proposed a match between his son and the rabbi's daughter. And the rabbi, my father, said, no, it's not appropriate. This man became, not only did he stop supporting him, he did everything he could to get back at the rabbi. Even so much so that after the daughter of the rabbi was married, he had some thugs chase after her. She was coming back from, a, from the bathhouse one night. And she had to run through filthy alleyways and it was really in a panic. And by the time she got home, she she just fainted right on the floor. So after the wealthy man passed away, so God said, well, he did support him for quite a long time. And Reb Nahum presented himself. The, the, the father said, I forgive him for everything he's ever done. The daughter said, I was the one who was chased. I'm not forgiving him. So it was decided that the man come back and suffer in the world, and then after his suffering was done, he could go back. So I saw that it was time my, I think it was his auntie, um, maybe it was his sister. Yeah, it's probably his sister. His sister was already ready to forgive the man for what had happened, and they all lived happily ever after. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week, and we hope to see you back again next week. Take care
2: that we we are Israel